0: Now, Joseph, you've got a very interesting CV. As you say yourself, you grew up in the harshest of environments. You were made homeless three times on council estates, and you've dedicated your life's work now to providing luxury, affordable homes to the public, the broader public, and making the world a better place. Well, that's a that's a good, broad ambition to have. Tell us about um, how you got into the business that you're in at the moment. So, um it was more of a self-evaluation on what I'd experienced
1: and how my life had gone. Having had a mother that suffered from mental illness and a father that um, wasn't around much and was an alcoholic, et cetera, et cetera, um, we were in subpar accommodation. We were subject to the private rental sector and the, we went without energy, um, It's i electric. We went without gas for periods of time and cold winter months. And we call ourselves the first world, but yet we haven't. Standardized a uh, process in which the, the lower end of, of society um, can can have benefit and we, we have this benefit system but that does it feed correctly so I set out to build a building so the base point can be the home and everyone can
0: have a home and not kill the planet in the process. So how did you get to where you are at the moment? Did you did you want to do become an engineer an architect? Um, what 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 sort of studying did you do to get? Where you I'm are? mainly online taught so I'm a bit of. a... <laughs> a bit of an enigma, I suppose.
1: Um, I'm all self-taught. Um, I know quite high-level architecture, engineering design, mechanical design, sustainability programming, social economics, um, gaming design, uh, programming, and all of this is, is self-taught online using using the wonderful things the internet provides. Um, And now we've stepped into thermodynamics and looking at air storage and and new new energy processes. Um, And I've developed a number of IP and patents
0: um, that are pending and in process at the moment around energy construction and intelligent technology. So what do you think advanced manufacturing techniques have got to offer the building industry at the moment? Because there's an enormous amount of enthusiasm at the high end, the people who are in the business, and we hear a lot of positive talk but when it actually comes to delivery, we don't see much on the ground yet. Why is that? Um, there's a lot of hoops to jump through.
1: Um, there's a lot of process. Having had negative issues with MMC in the past as a country. Um, and also, you know, when I did visit the Jiangsu province, I think there's a lot to be taken from the Chinese methods, That they failed a number of times to... to, to have a long-term sustainable building. And so I think it's the it's the impression of products in the market and the quality control of said market. And also, you know, making sure that these quality products aren't hidden from the market, as we know that some large organisations have done in the past.
0: Why would they want to hire them from the market?
1: Maximise yields. Um, most things, the realistic view is that most development programmes um, are, you know, whether it's Big, you know, whoever it is in this industry, you know, the big developers and, and partners, some of them are great and innovating and some of them um, are there for the shareholders. And that is, a, you know, that's business. That's business 101. That's economics. And but the economics is affordability, scalability. And that's what maximizing the profit is. What Utopia does, we look at other dynamics. So we have the environmental dynamics. Economics is great. So you have to have scalability and affordability. But we're also looking at the environmental factors. And the social, inter- the social integration, um, as well as the sustainability, um, and I think that's that's going to be the, that's going to be the step change. Is those other factored integration?
0: But how can you sell this vision to the, the Persimmons, the Taylor Wimpys, and the Barclays of this world? I think it, the people
1: have to demand it. Um, we still live in boxes that have been built the same way traditionally that they have for the last hundred years. But yeah, we've got an iPhone that allows us to communicate across the world. I think it's. I think the time for people to want sustainable development um for people to want technology integrated in the core of their home um and for people to want open flexible spaces but also things that are affordable that people can af- can afford that's why the likes of Huawei and huge phone manufacturers boom because they made a technology that isn't an, that's similar to an iphone it isn't an iphone but it has the same functionality but isn't affordable and i think there's a number of key factors and i think it, if people are gonna have to demand it and i think that you know There's been some examples
0: of protests that are showing that people do want that and people are having their say now. I wonder if part of the reflection of these protests to which, you know, you're referring the kind of sustainability eco protests also reflect a kind of a dissatisfaction that young people have with their position in the housing market in the UK at the moment. I mean, we know that they are the ones who proportionately are suffering the most. Their chances of getting on the housing ladder are a lot less than they were when I when I was young. I mean, what do you think that can be done to rectify that? I think a lot more power has to be given to district councils local government. I think um
1: we have to look at repurposing existing buildings. Um we have to be looking at empty dwellings and we also have to be looking at areas where We know it it not just makes economic sense, but we know there's going to be a demand or requirement over the next 10 years. We didn't future plan effectively in the housing market, I feel, um, and the land got swallowed up and increased the the cost of every home. I think now central government and district council and local government have a real opportunity with these new modern methods of construction to take some control back. Um, And I think with the housing crisis we have, um, where it is a completely you know, mostly a private sector, mostly, then, you know, the government are now making that step change. They're taking the right actions. Um, And I think only by doing that, we're going to be able to reduce the cost of housing and give, you know, some of the power back to councils so that they can house the requirement of of young and and people looking to buy
0: homes. But do you think that modular offsite has got a kind of an image, a reputation problem that still... People kind of think back to the days of prefab when that was a sort of a second best, and then they look at you know a kind of a barrack three de- three bedroom development with bricks and mortar and a little garden and a fence and all the rest of it, and for some reason they prefer that. I mean, there's a there's quite a deep seated conservatism with a small C, isn't there, in in broad attitudes towards what what looks good in the housing market. Yeah. Um- i think yes yeah, again it comes back to interpretation
1: it does it comes down down to what people accept it and, and also informing people giving them knowledge you know actually teaching them what it does you know people people say off-site it's not great you know volumetric or however you want to call it but the realistic view is is that i can put a house up you know a shell up in four to five days that outperforms free brick courses and two layers of insulation um i can also tell you that you know after a certain period of time it will completely because of the savings um have have no carbon debt whereas a brick house you can't do that and so it's 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 informing people um and showing them the value um but also giving them value um for intelligence and and and
0: additional features isn't there a slight sense also that it's perceived as being kind of modernist and modern ideas particularly in brutalist architecture from the fifties and sixties of now you know looked at very dimly they got a bad press you had those wonderful visions of social housing being built during that period and then it all went wrong and it had to be demolished and it caused all sorts of social problems i mean there's almost a sort of a re-education required isn't there there is but also we're looking at a different audience now um yes we can
1: say you know the 50s and the, the 60s and maybe even into, bridge and into the 70s with the issues on social housing the realistic view is that a lot of the people that grew up in these social houses are born in the 80s and 90s and they don't really remember the building of it they just remember it wasn't great <laughs> um but how that was built a lot of the people probably aren't informed and i think now we have an opportunity to to reintroduce a new method and a new marketing process, and and show them actually it's not negative. You know, the younger audiences, and if we ingrain that into, you know, the seventies, eighties, and nineties, people born in that in those years, um, they will be able to reeducate
0: the, the future generations on these new technologies. So, you think that people are going to have to get used to sort of smaller, more compact things, like they do, for example, in the developing world, in India, for example, or or actually in 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 Japan. Um, I'd say, I'd say. The space that you use fundamentally, is it being used effectively?
1: Um, there are systems out there at the moment, um, one system that we, we had a discussion with, um, that allows the living space to be entirely more versatile. Um, if you go to any like, Ikea store, you can see that they've maximized the living space. So it actually less is sometimes more if, if planned effectively. And I think that's a responsibility that we have as well, is to ensure that we're maximizing the space usage, but without losing too much space in, in the footprint of the building.
0: So you're an optimist in the long run, though, are you? You think this is a problem that we can actually resolve? I know it's a problem we can resolve. And, you know, having just come back from the global housing technology
1: challenge in India, I fly to Namibia to build a shanty town replacement. It's going to be the first intelligent, energy-positive, smart shanty replacement building uh, in in Africa. Um, We are implementing that now, and it is now hopefully that the industry will recognise it, and hopefully they'll follow suit because it takes more than one company um, and one person to, to, to redefine a global housing crisis.